You're listening to On The Whistle, the podcast that explores the impact that coaches, teachers, and mentors from youth sports organizations and schools have on young people's lives. Let's get into the show. Our guest today is Jay Dowlin, who is the founder of an organization called Team Impact. And Team Impact, and the, the title is so fitting, Team Impact looks to take children who have life-threatening illnesses and pair them with athletic teams, whether they be D1, D2, or D3 college teams, and in essence, immerse that child with a life-threatening illness and, to a certain sense, their family and siblings in enrolling in this team and experiencing the love, joy, and challenges of participating in team athletics. And in doing so, all these really fascinating benefits start shooting off of these relationships like little sparks in a fire. I've seen firsthand, in full disclosure, my son, who uh, is affiliated with the Babson hockey team, has a team impact teammate on his hockey team up at Babson. And uh, just the way my son speaks of that relationship and the joy that they have with this boy and the appreciation that they have for each other is super powerful. And Jay, not to get too religious, but you brought me to a thing that I was thinking about. I'm uh, I'm lucky. I have a very strong marriage. And early in my relationship with my wife, I'm a Jew and she's Protestant. And it was clear to me that the best thing for my marriage and for my relationship was to explore her religion first as a family. And I got exposed to this minister at uh, St. John's Church in Barrington. And he gave a sermon on serving your fellow man. And he said, the purpose of our lives is to serve our fellow man. It had never been explained so simply to me. <laughs> it had never, it's like, wait, so that's why I'm here. Like all the other stuff, like, that I've been trying to figure out all this time. Actually, I'm just here to help people. And if you just simplify it down to that kernel, that essence, you get such great clarity in your day and in your weeks and your months and your years about where your journey should be going and what the purpose of your time is. And it was very helpful for me to hear that 20 something years ago. And when we started this company squad locker, when we framed our concept around what is our purpose, what is our mission? We want the world to be a better place. We recognize that coaches, administrators, mentors make the world a better place by investing in people's lives. And so we know we can't coach every kid, but geez, if we can just make their lives easier, tangentially, we're making the world better. 100%. And so this idea of just investing and giving, you know, I, I've had conversations with people that say, yeah, do you believe in God? Do you not believe in God? And I'm not a particularly hyper-religious person, but I'm a deeply soulful person. And I said, yeah, I kind of do believe in God. Like, How your evidence? And I, I say to people, well, have you ever done something nice for someone? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, how does that make you feel? To a person, everybody says the same thing. Makes me feel great. When I do something nice for someone, it makes me feel good. It's like, well, what other evidence do you need? Right. Like, how is that ingrained in all of us? So I, I'd love to kind of turn the clock back a little bit and hear the story about you know, the origins of, of Team Impact and the phenomenon that you shared with me about your brother and participating in that baseball team and kind of being accepted and loved by that baseball team early in your lives. 
and the effect that had and how that kind of led you on this longer journey about using that as a platform for change. Yeah, I'd love to share that, uh, Gary, and, and I appreciate you asking. I think um, one of the reasons we're here having this podcast and you and I have a relationship is when we first met, it was in a business setting and uh, there's an opportunity to learn more about your company and look at aligning business ventures with your company. And the technology is very interesting. The, the team that you've put in place seems exceptional. But the differentiator, differentiator for me in aligning with Squad Locker was that your business model was to make the world, the world a better place and to do it through changing lives with coaches. And that obviously struck a chord with me because when you invest in companies, you invest in a product, you align yourself with company or a company or a product or even a technology, it's really the people that you're aligning with. And, um, you know, I, I think that for me, the connection to Squad Locker was through your commitment to take a business opportunity and try to do good in the world. And there's a lot of people out there saying that's what they want to do and they want to market their company that way. And they really want to try to figure out how to grow their market share by doing right by others. Not often do you find the kernel that starts the whole process around making an impact and doing good. And so to transition into the start of Team Impact, which I actually co-founded, I like to clarify that with uh, my good friend, Dean Kraft, and a handful of other friends and colleagues that um, we went to college with and do, we were doing business together back 10 years ago when we first started. The genesis for me uh, came about because um, I grew up in a, in a very sports-oriented town, Bristol, Connecticut, pretty blue-collar, very hard-working community, built around a ball-bearing manufacturing plant that left in the 70s and kind of devastated the, the town in the 80s. But what the town had to, to circle around and pull them together for their fabric was were sports and sports teams. And we were fortunate to have a double-A baseball uh, farm team of the Boston Red Sox known as the Bristol Red Sox, in our hometown. And uh, we used to go to all the games when I was a kid. My brother came with me wherever, wherever me and my crew went, really close to my younger brother. And then by the time we got to you know, high school age and you know, my friends and I started getting our licenses and met girls and you know, found beer, we kind of moved on. And yet my brother um, was so passionate about sports, he stayed. And the passion was funny because my friends and I all played sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball growing up. And because of a medical condition, my younger brother was born with a fully formed skull. And at 18 months, he had to have a skull removed and a plastic plate put in that he would eventually grow into. And through that, he had learning disabilities. Um, he had health issues. He was very frail um, and couldn't participate in sports, but he loved sports. And so he became you know, committed to attending every Bristol Red Sox game to the point where eventually they said, hey, you're here every day. Our bat boy is moving on to college. Would you like to be the bat boy? And I didn't realize it at the time, but the fact that he had a uniform and showed up every game and had his role on the team, he shared every bit of pride and and acceptance in his team as I did playing on, you know, 
state championship competing teams, you know, in football and baseball. And uh, it was such a gift for him to have that. Yet, you know, I'm in high school heading off to college and didn't really fully appreciate or really even understand what was happening at that time. And quite frankly, um, as my parents were dealing with medical bills and financial hardship from things happening in the economy, things happening in the town and things happening within our family, you know, a lot of those things weren't clear. You're just kind of getting through day to day and um, trying to find your way. And when I look back on it, I was so fortunate to have Pop Warner coaches, my high school football coaches, Dave Mills, Mike Moore, and Dan LeBeau, unbelievable stewards, you know, that guided you along. And uh, my uh, college football coach, Vic Gatto, who recruited me to come play in college, all of those people were giving me and providing me guidance to go off into, uh, you know, the Boston area, uh, great college, participate in sports, get a great education, graduate, be in the city of Boston, open my world to, you know, so many different diverse people and personalities and socioeconomic backgrounds that um, it was an incredible learning experience for me. Sadly, you know, a year or two later, my younger brother uh, died suddenly in a car accident, which, you know, frankly, had he died that was expected and you could have prepared for that, that might have been one way of transitioning to the loss of a very close family member. Um, but it didn't go that way. He died very suddenly and unexpectedly, and it was not an easy transition, which I think promoted within me a deep, deep look into, you know, what is it all about? Why him, not me? Why go through all of that have to, only to have it end that way? There are a lot of questions around, you know, bigger picture concepts, you know, at age 23. And so over the next 10 years, as I was trying to answer those questions and continue on with my life, I randomly kept running into sick kids being partnered up with college athletic teams. In 1999, there was a boy from Bristol, Connecticut, who had gone off to Northeastern University, had uh, medical issues, uh, diabetic and kidney issues. And um, he had uh, to have his legs amputated when he was at Northeastern. So he went back to Bristol, transferred to UConn. Well, when he was at Northeastern, he met the basketball coach, Jim Calhoun. And wouldn't you know, at the same time, Co Coach Calhoun was transferred or, or took a new position at University of Connecticut. And in 1999, when UConn won their first national championship basketball team, Joe McGinn was on the sideline as part of that team. He passed away the week before their semifinals in the NCAA tournament. And it was an incredibly powerful story that you couldn't help but stand up and pay attention. And there it was again, like, wait a minute, there it is again. What's going on here? And I kept seeing these stories over and over again. And, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I now have kids of my own. They're all healthy, knock on wood. They're playing sports of their own. My daughter was playing women's lacrosse girls lacrosse growing up and she was in a camp with Kelly Amante. Kelly Amante had a little girl on her camp, on her team, little uh, girl named Jacqueline. Here's another program. And it just kept coming back up and coming back up. And you wonder, you know, where's fate? Where, where is, uh, you know, divine intervention? It, for some reason, it just kept coming in front of me. There's this program, this concept where this child is uh, benefiting this team and the team is benefiting the child. But in strange ways, it's pretty random.
my brother just went to the game every night and they eventually asked him, you know, Joe McGinn happened to have to transfer to UConn and they connected again. It's random. And why does it have to be random? You know, and when you look at the importance of the value of relationships, I was fortunate to have in 1996 cashed in my 401k, buy a desk and a phone and assemble an unbelievable team of, of uh, co-workers and associates and build a construction company, literally from scratch, not in the family business, not capitalized in you know any great form, yet the network capital of relationships in the city of Boston enabled us to grow into what is today one of the leading construction management firms in Boston. And we have a great reputation and phenomenal relationships. And at the core of our business model is the value that we place on relationships. And when, again, you're doing the deep dive and thinking about what's important in life, those relationships have been life-changing for me ever since you know, I first started playing sports and the life lessons that I was given through sports, whether it's you know, teamwork, work ethic, accountability, resilience, grit, all the different things that you learn through sports, I was now utilizing and was the benefactor of by applying them to the relationships that I've been able to develop. So there's so many things that come out of that aspect. And when you look around and say, geez, I'm so fortunate that I'm healthy and have had the opportunity to play sports and learn these great life lessons and be able to create relationships that today are so meaningful in my family life, in my business life, in my personal life, in my philanthropic life. All of those aspects come together around this concept. And yet, not every kid, like my brother, if they're not standing around randomly getting selected by the baseball team, they don't have that same opportunity. And what are we going to do to reward and give back to those coaches who helped me along the way? How do you marry those two? And out of that came the concept of Team Impact, leveraging the network to help us get into the medical community within Boston, Children's Hospital, Mass General, find children between 5 and 15 who are battling some life-threatening or chronic illness. Relationships got us into the hospitals. Mm. And they helped us find families who had kids with these conditions. And then based on where that family lived, like Coleman lives near Babson, we leveraged the relationships, the network. I didn't know Jamie Rice, but Joe Zink knows Jamie Rice. Rob Griffins knows Jamie Griffin knows Jamie Rice. Joe and Rob make the introduction, and then we have Coleman on the team. It's all about relationships. And how do you make it mutually beneficial? And then once you do that, how do you train or provide an opportunity for young leaders of the future to really appreciate and understand how important it is to have those mutually beneficial relationships? So let's talk about some stats. Founded in 2011, over 7,000 kids with chronic or life-threatening illnesses paired into a program with over 700 colleges across 48 states. It's pretty remarkable numbers, impacting over 55,000 student athletes. And when you look about look at the impact, 
this is off of your website. And for those who want to dig in and learn more, teamimpact.org. And it's just a great website with a lot of really fascinating content about their mission, about how to apply to the program if you're a family in need, about uh, how to be matched or donate to the organization. But I just love this uh, one page, Our Values Mission. We teach empathy, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. We practice camaraderie, a spirit of good friendship and loyalty among members of a group. We promote resilience. And by the way, that's more important today than ever, the ability to bounce back, recover from difficulties. I mean, how important is that today for not only the kids who are suffering from the life illnesses, but the kids who are in college right now figuring out, well, how am I going to get a job? Or how do I deal with online learning? Or how am I going to help my parents manage the fact that we're in financial hardship? Uh, resilience is the key word right now. We live with boldness. I love this one. Willingness to take risks and act innovatively. It's the core of my career. <laughs> I, mean, I love risk and I love trying new stuff. And if it's not new, I'm not interested in it. And that's yep. been my entrepreneurial journey for ever since I was a little boy setting up lemonade stands. And so boldness is an awesome characteristic. And um, I think the world needs more of it. And together we champion to protect our fight for something you believe in. And I, I love the word together because um, that's the whole team concept, Jay. You know, it's just really, really important to give credit to the team. And the more you give into the participation of you giving to the team that self-sacrifice, that denial of ego and individualism, and the exposure of your talents collectively as a group, the further that team gets. When the egos get set aside, just the magic happens. And we have to be really careful at Squad Locker. It's a culture of leaving egos aside and you know avoiding uh, one voice that's particularly too strong or too domineering. But when it happens, and when you get to that place where everybody's leaning in and giving, man, it's it's awesome. And that, that word together is, is so powerful. How do you guys drive this, um, this model around your values and your mission? It, did it come from the founders, those group of individuals that set this thing up? Is your organization kind of a living, breathing thing that's evolving? And now you've got managers working. I mean, it's a big staff now. It's a, it's a real going concern. I mean, 48 states, 55,000 kids participating in a national level. Tell me about the organizational structure and how it works. Yeah, so it's uh, it's funny the uh, the essence and, and and the the meaning behind Team Impact evolved pretty quickly. You get the true value of an appreciation for what we were doing in a thirty second sentence and in a five minute visual participating in the program. It's not rocket science to understand how valuable and how impactful hence the name, this organization is. So it didn't take long for us to get the foundation of the things that are important. Together We Champion is a mantra that we take through you know, our staff, our teams, our board. Everything is built around the concept of together, the team. And resilience is the other aspect of it. And as you were saying, you know, Team Impact, like every other nonprofit, was hit drastically hard first struck because we draft kids onto college athletic teams. Well, what happens when they tell all the college athletic teams to go home? 
you know, you would think, well, that's it. It's over. You know, Coleman has nothing to do now. He's program's over, but that's not how resilience works. We took that program setback and we evolved into an even greater state as we became a virtual organization where more now more than ever, kids like Coleman, kids, sick kids in our program, they need that interaction because they don't have anything. A lot of these kids couldn't even go to treatments anymore. They're in real trouble. Medical, uh, their pharmaceutical issues with uh, drugs not being able to be accessed and therapies that they would normally get, they couldn't get. There were so many things that hit these children. It was unbelievable. And to have an opportunity to, and teams call on in, into that support system was huge. Here's the flip side that'll blow your mind. Student athletes, you know, who are one month earlier, palling around, camaraderie galore, they were all hanging out together on the field, in the dorms, at the pub afterwards, were told to go home and isolate. Mm. And if you want to get a true understanding of what that sick child has been through for the last three years, not being able to go to school, half their days have been spent in the hospital, they're on certain medications or dealing with certain type of health conditions where they can't be around other people currently, well, now you know what it feels like. Yeah, You're that's, a, that's powerful. You can't go anywhere. And what do you have? You have a team of teammates on a Teams call or a Zoom call dealing with the same thing and helping you get through it. And you have an experienced person on that call saying, yeah, bud, this is what I've been doing for the last four years. You think pandemic's tough. Chemo was just, this, just even worse. I couldn't leave my house. This is my world. And they get it. And so it's elevated us into a situation where we do have teams in the traditional fashion on the field and our young children are there. I got a great uh, text yesterday from one of my favorite families, Jeff McCurdy's son, Liam. You know, he's 10 years old dealing with Duchenne's. You know, it's a very, very, very difficult illness that only affects young boys. Healthy, happy, you know, five-year-old boys get diagnosed with Duchenne's and uh, deteriorates. It's um, like an ALS version for, for young, young boys. And um, Jeff and Liam sent me photos yesterday that they're back on the field with Northeastern baseball, you know, and they're all masked up, but they're out on, and they're back in that mix. And they're so happy to be reconnected and, and out and having each other to support going through what they're going through with the pandemic. And yet at the same time, we have a lot of relationships that aren't at that stage and they're still leaning on each other and, and, and holding on to each other in the virtual world truly understanding how invaluable it is to have each other in those relationships, whether it's your fellow teammates, you know, that they're on the calls with you or that young, you know, sick individual who can offer experience and advice, you know, on how to get through this. So togetherness and resiliency are two aspects that came out of the program very quickly. And then once these core values are established, it's how do we build and how do we get, uh, how do we grow so that more people can participate in the program? We're dialed in on our mission. And like any other organization, we stay focused 
and try not to have mission creep. There's a lot of aspects around, you know, how the organization, any organization can try to start to take on too much and try to do mm. too much. There's a lot of other issues outside, you know, in, in the real world, you know, the social justice issues and healthcare inequities and a lot of other things to deal with. And a lot of other organizations and people tackling those. This is what we do. Love that. I love yeah. the focus. And we focus on this. And the key is how do we do it more? Not wider, deeper. And uh, it's for us, it's just creating more awareness, getting the word out there. There's still, you know, we're in the Midwest growing like gangbusters, but it's still a little, still a lot of college and universities, a lot of hospitals have never heard of Team Impact. And uh, our goal, and it wasn't there when we first started. When we first started, our goal was to have a kid enjoy the experience of being part of a team and having a team learn a dose of perspective on how fortunate they are. As time has grown, that those basic goals from day one are still there. That'll never change. But we now have the goal of having a sick child on every college team that's out there in the country. Jay, I understand the role of the child. I understand the role of the teammates. Talk to me about the coaches. Talk to me about the athletic administration. Well, this is an area where... Um, and tell me some stories. Tell me some stories of some great coaches and the, the enlightenment that happened or the, the great change or the, the spark that you saw. Yeah, so we, um, you, you're highlighting something that often gets overlooked because it's so easy to focus on the sick child, you know, because their characters and, and they're so overwhelmed with joy that it's hard not to draw your attention and say, oh my gosh, look at that. That's such a wonderful story. Larry Prout Jr. is uh, matched with uh, Michigan football and uh, having him get out of his wheelchair with 10 foot of camera cord from the recording company, the Big Ten's recording company that was there to record him standing up and waving to the crowd. They had 10 feet of cord because Larry is in a wheelchair. He's always had 107 surgeries by the time he's 16 years old. Like, where's he going? The adrenaline of standing up in front of 100,000 screaming Michigan fans was so overwhelming to Larry he broke down the sideline and started high-fiving everyone along the wall of Michigan Stadium and the camera guy couldn't keep up with him. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah, and so how do you not put a focus on that? Athletes tell you and, and, and speak to you about how they thought they had hardship by being replaced as the starter or getting an ankle injury that ended their career you know, or bombing their midterm, whatever it was that was their drastic setback for the day. And then they look down and they see that, that student, that ch sick child and realize how fortunate they are and how resilient that kid is and how resilient they then there need to be. It's so easy to get caught up in those that we tend to overlook the coaches. And we've had incredible coaching experiences. Well, one of my favorite, and it's, Funny that it hits close to home because um, I'm a Tufts football alum and we have an amazing football coach at Tufts University. And I'm not singling him out because of Tufts football. I'm singling him out because he is the first one that comes to my mind when you asked, which is, here's a man who 
is tough as nails, a football coach, football player. He is that rugged, bare-looking, barrel-chested guy. You know, he could probably snap you in half if you upset him. Yet he can't talk about team impact without weeping. And he speaks on our behalf often because he's so articulate and so passionate. And he was so hell-bent when we first started this program on getting a kid. We had a difficult time because we had a young boy who, in his diagnosis, was diagnosed with very little time left to live. And it was a tough one to place on a team. And Coach Savetti said, I'll take him. We'll bring him on our team. And it was a very short-lived relationship. We had brought the family out. We had our Team Impact match day, a lot of our draft day, the media shows up. It's like drafting, you know, a kid into the number one pick in the country. You know, select your hat, put your hat on, you get a jersey. Draft day is a big deal for us. And this young boy had his draft day and he was over the moon and he was spending time with his team, wheelchair bound. He was being pushed around in a wheelchair. And um, he bonded with these student athletes and the student athletes bonded with him. And then unfortunately, shortly after his draft took a turn for the worse and he slid downhill health wise and the student athletes and the coaches were all there for him every step of the way until unfortunately he passed. And it was very difficult to go through that with the family, with the student athletes, to see their maturity, to see their perspective, to see their understanding and their love for another human being. It was the essence of our program, just so incredibly short-lived. Mm. And I want to fast forward a little bit because um, as difficult as that was, and everyone... <clears throat> Everyone involved, the Tufts and Tufts football, kind of took a breather, a, set, a, a step back, processed it. But Coach Savetti continued to be a supporter, continued to hang in there. And eventually, a couple of years later, we had a child come up in the area, football love, a big football fan. Coach Savetti and his team was ready. A few years later, we drafted another boy on to Tufts football, which is a very sensitive thing given the history, but knowing the personnel involved and the family of the boy who passed away was on board and everyone understood what we were doing. We introduced another family to Coach Savetti and the team, another boy battling cancer, um, met him in a wheelchair and incredibly resilient. And this young boy and his family, you know, became a part of, from draft day on, Team Impact for the next three years until he went on and graduated. He is now cancer-free. Just got his license. I stay in touch with him and his dad. Yeah, and uh, to, to watch the coach be so passionate about what we were doing, and it was almost like, I'll worry about football once this is, once I have this figured out. This is far more important than anything else. And to watch his journey as we grew and have continued to grow over the years to watch him grow with it has been very, very special. You know, I asked a question to all my guests and, and I'm so curious to hear what you say to this question. And the question goes like this, having participated in lots of sporting events or seen lots of sporting events or 
set up a lot of relationships with kids on teams. There's wins and there's losses. And I'm curious your perspective, Jay, on what do you think people gain more from or what have you gained more from, the wins or the losses? Wow. So I'm going to give you an answer. It might be very different. I'm fortunate to still live in Boston, in the Boston area, and I'm extremely fortunate to still be around a bunch of guys that I played with. A lot of the, the guys come from all over the country. One of my close friends came from Hollywood, Florida, and others, Belmont, Mass, uh, Westfield. And they came to Boston, and they stayed in Boston. They raised their families, and they grown their business ventures here in Boston. So I still stay very connected to these guys. And, you know, we'll get together on the weekends and get, get our families together. And you may hear guys talking about, you know, we were NESCAC and New England champs my senior year. Or, you know, we beat Bates, you know, the, the, the year, my, my junior year. And one of the Bates guys is there and a good friend of ours. And they talk about wins and losses. And um, uh, it's, it's funny that you say this because for whatever reason, I don't really remember and really pay attention to it at all. I really don't. We won my senior year. We won the NESCAC championship. My sophomore year, we didn't win a game. <laughs> it was completely irrelevant to me. It wasn't the wins. It wasn't the losses. It was the friendships that I made. Everything to me about sports was the camaraderie and why that is one of the, the, the mission statements and principles of what we do. Everything. You know, and it wasn't even a loss. It was a win where you got beat deep as a defensive back, you know, and you, 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 having someone pick you up, you know, or kick you in the ass either way is a part of the relationship. Wins and losses are completely off my radar. I don't know, really. I don't remember. It's a healthy perspective. It's a healthy perspective. It's a testimony to you as an individual and, and the work that you've done about the relationship between people and building organizations and making connections. If you're listening to the show and you're thinking about your coach, you know, call your coach. Pick up call the phone. It's just that simple. Call your coach because they want to hear from you. Jay, if people want to get involved with Team Impact, Besides visiting your website, teamimpact.org, what can they do? What can they do to support Team Impact in their local community? Uh, I, I want people to lean into your organization because I personally feel that the work you've done is remarkable, you know, and how can they help? Well, I appreciate that. And um, just to clarify, it's goteamimpact.org. We have Great. Go Team Impact at the beginning. There was okay. a Team Impact uh, weightlifting program. You may not want to t jump on that website. Or you may. You're, yeah, you may. It's hardcore. <laughs> You're doing uh, deadlifts before you know it. But go, go teamimpact.org. Impact. Go Team Impact. Got it. And the best thing about Team Impact and the most fun that we've had with Team Impact is, is that many hands make light work. I mean, that's how it works. Could we, you know, today, you know, partner up with Adidas you know, or, or a Nike and have them take it, own it and be a national program overnight. Yeah. But you know what that's going to do? It's going to rob the so many people that do the lifting every day from getting involved. And so our business model is to get more people involved. And the more people that hear about team impact, the more people say, Hey, you know, there's a kid in my neighborhood who would be perfect for this program. Let me introduce you to, let me go recruit that kid from my neighborhood. 
that's huge. That's how we get a lot of kids. People say, hey, this kid would be perfect for that program. I know the kid. I know the family. He or she would love it. And they make the introduction. They say, my aunt is the athletic director over the university of fill in the blank. And I'm going to reach out to her and tell her about Team Impact because every team at her school should have a Team Impact kid. And my uncle is the head of oncology in Phoenix, you know, pediatric oncology. And I'm going to call him and tell him about what you're doing because I know he deals with families every day that would benefit from this program. My coach is now the assistant coach at, you know, New Hampshire lacrosse. I'm going to tell them about the program. It's getting the word out there and getting people involved. And believe it or not, once you make that phone call or once you make that connection, if you were to make that connection to say Coleman's family, and we'll use that as an example, because Gary, your, your son is getting the benefit and Coleman's getting the benefit of a mutually beneficial relationship. So are 30 other kids on that team. If you were the one who introduced Coleman to Babson with one introduction, you've changed Coleman's life, you've changed Coleman's family's life. You've changed 30 kids on Babson hockey teams' lives forever, including Coach Rice and his staff and many of the community around Babson who don't play hockey but attend the hockey games and say, what the heck is that? How cool is that? One introduction. So we started the conversation on the value of mutual beneficial relationships your advice to getting involved in Team Impact is to make your own impact by picking up the phone and acknowledging your own network and just simply making the first phone call and connecting. Because and it's you that simple. the benefit of creating relationships to something back by doing something with that relationship skill. Make a phone call, make a connection, and then watch what happens. And be careful because it's addictive. Once you make one, we've some, so many people say, oh, I could do that. And then they do it. And then they're like, wow, I could get a kid on this team and this team. And I know another kid. And off it goes. And they feel great doing it. Jay, thanks so much for your discussion today, your inspiration and the hard work and important work that you're doing across the country. And, you know, it, it feels so good to hear people on their own making a difference in the journey of young people's lives and helping them go through that awkward, complex stage of maturation and becoming great people. And it's clear to me that the work that Team Impact does is doing that in a multidimensional way, from the coaching, to the college participants, to the children and family of needs. It's an incredible program. And uh, we at Squad Locker are super impressed with it. And we, or I at On The Whistle, are grateful for having you on the show today. And I, and I can't thank you enough. So thanks, Jay. Yeah, Gary, it was a pleasure joining you. And I, I, I commend what you and your team are doing with coaches. And it's an area that, again, so many people focus on the sick child. So many people focus on the student athletes. There's so many great stories like Coach Savetti and others across the country, there's a lot more that needs to be done to recognize the coaches, the power that coaches provide in mentoring and guiding so many of our young people today. And the fact that you guys have a focus on that is exceptional. So we commend that as well. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. That. Of course. Awesome. Great having right. you. You as well. Thank you, Gary. Take care and stay out of trouble, Jay. Yeah, you too. Bye okay, now. Okay, buddy. 
You've been listening to On The Whistle. For more, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit us at onthewhistle.com. Thank you.